0: Welcome back to Sidequests, episode 024, Final Fantasy 7, episode, I believe, 12, um, I, though I sometimes get that wrong. And uh, uh, back with me is my esteemed colleague, Mr. Wesley Chance. Welcome back, Mr. Wesley Chaz.
1: Hey, how's it going? Well,
0: it's going well. I, again, sort of have a strange voice, and while well, I hope it sounds good to the listeners, and maybe it's more appropriate to our nighttime theme, I maybe have a right. nighttime jazz DJ boys yeah. <laughs> yeah well so this time around <clears throat> i finally finished getting vincent and seeing sephiroth and reading about myself in that um, shinra lab or down in dr gas library rather which <laughs> i i remember thinking that it looked like there were so many books there and it's funny now that i'm surrounded by so many more books than i see even in the shinra mansion I know from being at your home during your wedding that you have even more books than I do on hand, that it's sort of funny how what was once magnified and seen as like a huge amount and massive is now sort of, we have now gone beyond that in the same way that Cloud will eventually go beyond the magnificent strength of Sephiroth that we've in Mount Nibble uh, or Mount Nibble Uh, where he could do like 7,000 damage or 3,000 damage with a hit, but you'll eventually do like 9,999 damage and be able to do things like W summon knights in the round. Right. Which, you know, will effectively make Sephiroth in the end practically nothing to you, which is, I think, sort of interesting as well, how much stronger than the final boss you will eventually get. Not to get too ahead of myself, but in any case, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and... Well, the, all the books down there too—they're all sort of like strewn about, you know—and and, and yeah. like piled up, and it's dark down there. Um, and you—you uh, do—you do sort of read about yourself, but you don't know yet exactly what the implications of that are. Um, it's not like it names you, does it?
0: No, no, just your research subject B.
1: Uh huh, uh huh.
0: I think it means it says something like ordinary human or common human. And the first one, A, is a soldier or X. Uh, soldier. And you're having a reaction to the Genova cells and it doesn't, and you've escaped, but it doesn't matter because your consciousness is uh, experiencing diminution. It's diminishing. <laughs> and you, you are also reported to be reacting to the Genova cells. Whereas the first one is not. And so, I wondered what that meant that cloud is reacting to the Genova cells, and that is making his his consciousness uh, diminish uh, and that is not what happened to Zach uh, right. he did not have a reaction his consciousness did not diminish, and he
1: was a soldier well, it's interesting how much yeah, you can infer that it's cloud and Zach that' it's talking about um and I think you can only do that in hindsight, really, right. uh, once you've got more of the story. But I think even even if you know nothing else than what you've seen so far in the game, I think there is enough evidence there that that you are one of those two subjects. Um, that you being Cloud, right? There, there's um, there's enough kind of hints and enough sort of like economy of the story as well. It's like none, nothing you're reading in those books is going to be like totally unrelated to the the cloud backstory sort of part of the game that you're in. So I think, yeah, you can start to kind of piece it together there. And especially since, it, like, if you do go and talk to Vincent, he tells you a little bit about Sephiroth's background. You should already sort of be thinking along those lines. And so, yeah, it seems pretty creepy that... Um, Sephiroth is revealed to be like the calamity from the skies. Right. And and in the same moment you're you're getting the sense that maybe Cloud has been uh experimented with as well. Um that he that that's sort of behind his um memory loss and, and all this weirdness with his stories that he tells.
0: Yeah, and just connected to the fact that uh, Sephiroth asks you whether you're coming to the reunion. Actually, you've seen all <laughs> these dark figures, like dark aspects of your memory, yeah. like welling up within your past town, which doesn't remember you, in which you were called a liar by multiple people. Um, and it's like you are one of those shadowy defects. And that's what he sees you as. What's interesting is that he even says, you might not be worthy. When you ask, was Genova not an ancient? What do you mean calamity from the sky? That Genova is going to become a calamity with the sky and then merge with the reunion, right? She's going to be at the reunion. And then she's going to merge and follow him if you want to go there. And he's going north. So right after he tells you, you might not be worthy, he says, follow him. And then you meet Vincent, who's a literal vampire surrounded by skulls and, live, and is sleeping in a coffin and has his connection to Sephiroth. And things are just taking a dark turn. And Lucretia, a beautiful woman, was his mother, Sephiroth's mother, which seems to disagree with Cloud's current theory that Sephiroth is five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you know, he did some sort of crazy rapid growth or something. But. Hmm. And it seems like this Vincent guy, this guy so close to someone you would, might imagine to be named Valentine, is uh, is in love with her. And I do think we'll get
1: the pleasure if we look close enough
0: of seeing her at some point.
1: Yeah, right, right. Vincent's an interesting character. Yeah, he's like a he's like a vampire, uh, closely associated with death and with like missed opportunities and and regrets and all that. Uh, but his, his weapon is a gun kind of like Barrett. Right. Um, but his are of course not like attached to him instead, his physical um, like, I don't know what you'd call it. Just like his transformations um, instead of being related to machinery are related to like monsters. Uh, so whenever he gets his limit break, he turns into a, basically a, a monster, a demon of some kind and you actually lose control of him. I think for the remainder of the fight, unless maybe he gets killed, um, he gets really powerful and he does really like effective attacks depending on what kind of enemies you're fighting. But like, so as soon as you go up into the mountains, there's some enemies that are strong against fire attacks. And one of the things that his, his avatar will do is a fire attack. So you'll end up like healing your enemies if you don't have him under control, uh, which I think is, it's pretty interesting. Like, I feel like it must've been intentional, um, that it worked out that way.
0: Yeah. And especially, uh, sort of, because we were, we were talking in the pre-show about how the game, the challenges and the puzzles and the errors you can make in the puzzles are becoming more dangerous and the game is getting more sophisticated. It's requiring a more attentive, uh, uh, manner of playing because I was talking about um, taking sort of a, a wrong path or a faux path and going all the way down into the Nibelheim the reactor in which there was nothing and then going down all the way through that materia cave and then going all the way down that path until I got to a light spot that was not the end of the path and I had to go all the way back and during that time all the way back in one of those little mako caves I ran into a, a green dragon Those damn things. The first hit took like 1,600 damage and killed one of my guys. I was on the run. Um, They are tough. And I know I was supposed to steal a gold bangle from them because I just now used the strategy guide to see how far back I had to run, which was an ungodly far amount. (laughs) uh, But, um, I was running out of materia, and this opponent was way too strong for me. Though I did learn flamethrower for enemy skill, and I did just learn Triumph for materia keeper, so that was really cool because that's a very powerful attack. And I'm, yeah. it's a very interesting representation. It's like sort of a uh, like a, a tetrahedron or a cube or something that just sort of like rotates about you. So it's like Quake or Dimmy um, mixed together. It's like a manipulation attack that that hits everybody very powerfully but in any case like the game uh i was down to like zero mp with everybody and i had to use the much coveted ether twice on two different characters
1: Dang.
0: And yeah and I, I was really hitting my limit uh and the limit of my patience and i was actually starting to sort of feel a little panic because i wanted to get to the podcast but I, I couldn't foresee a save point. And I I knew a boss was now coming because I looked at a strategy guy, which really does offer so much. And I would highly recommend it to anybody. Just don't use it as gospel because all the good advice it gave about finding Materia Keeper by like casting Big Guard or using Healing Wind, I took none of it and still beat him. Um, but uh, I do think that that would have been excellent to have done, but I haven't acquired Big Guard yet. I haven't gone back and fought against somebody who has that, but it, it, if you're the sort of person who, you know, wants those wants to use the very best strategy, and wants to get everything that can be gotten, I think a strategy guide is a good idea. I sort of am neglecting it, but I know that
1: I'm missing a lot because of it. It's well, it's weird because because you can't rely on it to fully explore the game. Like you said, like the way you actually explore the game fully is by doing it and making. What, what you might call mistakes from the point of view of, like, efficiency. But even if you don't get anything by going into the reactor, it is still, like, you still get that, that like, feeling of uh, of wonder and exploration. And a little bit, I think frustration seems right to me. Like, I think the game is kind of messing with you at that point. Like, you would fully expect there to be some kind of story point to do with going back to this... this um, Incredibly important juncture in the story where everyone's memory like runs out right like what happened in the reactor? Fully expecting to see something of that scene come back to you by going to the the scene of the crime right and nothing right? You can't access any of the little (laughs) chambers you you get absolutely no items or Like anything there's no dialogue like there's no one to talk to there. No random encounters it's super duper weird. Yeah. And, and I wonder, like, I wonder how much frustration is the intent and how much just like uncertainty, you know, like that brooding sense, like, is there somebody around the next corner kind of thing? It's, it's like a horror movie almost. And the fact that it's not resolved makes it that much creepier in a way.
0: There is that feeling. There is that feeling. I did want to comment on what you said about Vince and his propensity to go out of control and cast fire attacks on fire, healing <laughs> and okay. and creatures, where I do think that that is the game teaching you that just because you have this new toy doesn't mean it's going to necessarily be super powerful and you're mm-hmm. going to use it to kill everybody. Um, like, it's sort of a reminder that you still need to play the game, right? It's nice to have a new character, but this new character is not going to be like some sort of... Uh, pan savior for for you um and in fact can be quite a liability if you're not playing the game correctly uh or or if you're over relying on him though though i will say that some of the enemy skills i feel are sort of a reward against that like the fact Mm -hmm. that you acquire flamethrower and trine in this area trine is super powerful and it affects all your enemies and um I, I haven't acquired beta yet, but how powerful is beta for you
1: too? Well, it, it's useful, right? But it's, it's also a fire type attack. So if you've been relying on beta thinking you're really cool, then you come to this part where you're fighting a dragon. You're like, Oh, I'm going to just like destroy this dragon with beta. And then Nope, not so much. Cause it just heals it by like, you know, 1500 or something like that. So not such a great strategy to just rely on like one thing. Essentially, that's part of why enemy skill is such a useful materia, though, because it's like in one materia slot, it gives you all these different um, spells that you can yeah. have, which is cool. And it doesn't affect your stats, which is also pretty cool. So you can have like a pretty balanced character um, who's not getting like big boosts of MP and big decreases of strength, and yet they have all these spells at their disposal as long as you've got some MP, because a lot of those spells do cost a high amount of MP. So yeah a bit, it's a little bit like i think um i think to to fight the green dragons and steal gold um gold armlets or whatever from them like it's almost like you would be stronger than you needed to be to be able to do that <laughs> to even like you don't even really need the the gold um armor at that point it's just like it's just a status thing it's just to be like yeah i can do this thing that's kind of a challenge. Um, and, it, and, you know, mythologically as well, it's kind of interesting that the dragon is what you steal the gold from. Like, that's kind of cool. And I think that was Sephiroth's armor that he was wearing at this point in the game. So, you know, he's like that, that uh, elite player, so to speak, who's got the, the gold armlet. Um, but, yeah, like the dragons are just dangerous. You you will definitely uh, have your head handed to you if you're not like in, in tip-top form. When you come across one of those, they're definitely the most difficult random encounter, aside from the Midgar serpent up to this point. Yeah, they're like a boss
0: battle in of themselves. And you learn flamethrower from them, yeah. which it's interesting mythologically. So, you know, you steal the gold from the dragon. And that's sort of like, I don't know, acquiring the potency from the image of Sephiroth, which he once embodied that you now wish to embody as walking mm-hmm. the path of the hero that he once walked for you but no longer does, now being the antagonist taking the path of Cain we also learned Flamethrower which reminds me sort of of Dante's Inferno in Canto 26 when you encounter Ulysses and Diomedes in the flames the deceitful counselors mm-hmm. and uh, there seems to be a connection between fire and uh, not only consciousness but language, like language is that which you use to like burn or scrawl a message, so just like sort of fire represent or you see something in the fire uh so do you see something in the language of somebody else a representation so it, it's almost like you i don't know like the true gold that you get from him is the capacity to articulate yourself better or to articulate articulate yourself honestly or to see yourself honestly so you can burn away the, the dead wood of the old past habits that no longer serve you or something like that,
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah, it's and but then again, like if you try to use it right away, it's not immediately effective, right it's not gonna um it's not gonna harm the materia keeper either because he's also i think he also absorbs fire attacks,
0: uh, yes. which
1: are sort of like generally your strongest spells at this point, so. It's interesting you have to be sort of patient you have to be sort of canny uh about using your new toys as you put it or or um primarily at this point yeah dealing with maybe a little bit of frustration or angst uh and and burning away those 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 ill feelings um and just like like you say from time to time you know enjoying the experience of exploring uh you know it's it's creepy but it's also a really beautiful um, setting. There's that, there's that materia cave where if you go back through it um, in the meantime, in those, in those years that have, have intervened, uh, materia has formed a crystal and you, uh, I think it's an elemental. uh, It's like one of the, one of the blue ones, I think. So it's um,
0: that with fire.
1: Yeah, right. It's making you sort of think along those lines, right? Uh, Like how can I strategize best it's not immediately obvious how to use that materia, but it is super useful and it's, it's super versatile. once um, well, you kind of- That's interesting.
0: In. You're making me think that what the message of the game here is that the path of the true hero isn't one of power, but of intelligence. Yeah. When you run, against, run up against the same enemy that Sephiroth once made short work of. Yeah. Um, you can't just whip out your sword and do whatever you want and just you know swing it twice, slash, cast bolt three or quake three. You know, um, you're you're up to two and you're still like maybe level 30 or so. If you've been leveling up a bunch, you could be more. Uh, I'm like level 29 right now. I I think I was 28 when I'm against Materia keeper because I'm just not doing a ton of leveling up because I have have somewhat limited time to play this time around. I probably did last time, but I like to waste my time more. you might say. Um, because I wasn't re- playing this academically. In fact, I was probably, and I was definitely escaping academics by playing, which I, I don't recommend. I think there should be a healthy balance. All things right. collaborated. Um, well,
1: you got to have moderation and moderation too, though, like uh, Oscar Wilde says. You know,
0: sure, 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 sure. Of course, there needs to be a diamond need- element. But um, yeah, but the game it seems to be saying that what Sephiroth can do with power. And now he's turned evil. and That's a terrible use of power. You need to do with intelligence and savvy and cunning. Whereas he's more like an Achilles figure. And this brings me great joy to finally be making this point because I was, I think, the original comment I ever made to you about doing this sort of thing, comparing Achilles to Sephiroth. Um, yeah. Sephiroth is like an Achilles figure, the invincible warrior who sacked 23 cities before falling at Troy. It's very similar to Sephiroth, the invincible warrior who sacked everywhere he ever went until falling to in a very ignominious defeat in the same way as Achilles, which we'll soon learn. Well, you have to be more like Odysseus. Mm-hmm. You have to be more crafty and cunning, like you're saying. You have to be smarter. And again, that's our second connection to Odysseus, right? Because he's the fire speaker and the explorer in Dante's Inferno, the one that almost makes mm-hmm. it the purgatory. And so are you. You're the fire wielder too, but your fire does no good here. And it's interesting because I think that what that must mean is that you're, the fire of your intellect is not yet uh, up to the task of burning away your own self-deception at home in Nibble. Right. Even though there's all this evidence right in front of you. Um, all of those dark thoughts in that, in that city, everything everybody was saying to you, people explicitly calling you a liar, Sephiroth still not recognizing or really acknowledging you, that much, um, and there's that destruct material, which I'm not sure what to do with yet. But oh, and then you're yeah. going back through this materia cave and to Mount Nibble or the the reactor, which again you want to get through that to Novador. What is there? You can't go to it. And <laughs> for all that, you are you are just not <laughs> you are not yet ready to face yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, going along with that, the weapon that you have at this point uh, that you get like right at yes. the start of the mountain path is a rune blade yes. which has double growth right and that's to contrast with sephiroth's wicked mazamoon which has zero material growth yes. well it wouldn't matter anyway because all his materia is maxed out so it's like you're at a different point and in a way what you have is more valuable than what he has because what he has yes. is sick and what you have is dynamic and like as much as you might suffer through <laughs> a little bit at this point it's all to your growth Right, it's and double growth perhaps. I think I think a lot of the weapons that you find around uh, Shinra Mansion too are double growth things for like Tifa and Yuffie. I want to say both of those you find like a double growth weapon for them. So so that's what that was my party throughout the mountains was was those three because you know each of them is growing their material quickly. They they're they're able to like support each other, right? Which of course is another thing Sephiroth lacks. He he doesn't have friends. He doesn't have a a party so to speak. and you do. And that's the ultimate, right? Like that's that seems to be the ultimate uh distinction uh between your heroic um uh exploration and his like nefarious uh uh pride, I guess I'd say.
0: Yeah, and even the fact that he runs around art round with sort of like a dark Oedipal Freudian fantasy mother who's he's kind of <laughs> merged back with, sort of like somebody trying to return to childhood yeah, um, and the childhood naivete is like say an adult and running away from adult responsibility and thus the idea of death. Mm. He, uh, which I think is very much the case with Sephiroth and was potentially the case also with Achilles and why Patroclus mm. first had to die for him. That perhaps he questioned his fate with an element of fear. I used to turn, you know, turn up my nose at that idea but Patroclus explicitly asks him whether he is scared before he goes out there. And he says, no, 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 no. It's not because of some fate I know about, but he does. And you know, I question why that is, but Sephiroth doesn't seem to be able to accept uh, this either. And so, whereas you have real people around you and are following a real ideal, he likes sort of Peter Pan with Tinkerbell, who's sort of pornographic in her representation, even in the Disney, um, movie. She has like a <laughs> very short skirt, and right. she she's sort of like I don't know, got very uh, like adult lady feminine attributes, curves yeah. like not really childhood uh, like companion appropriate, it kind of like adolescent fantasy uh, uh, appropriate. And so, uh, at least Peterson's idea on that is that that she's like the 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 imaginary image of a woman that Peter Pan has instead of a real woman because he refuses to grow up. Uh And I, I see sort of that with Sephiroth and Genova, where he has this sort of imaginary mother. Who's not even his real mother, who is a calamity from the skies, which you could take to be a really bad, stupid thought or Mm -hmm. an ideology or something like that. A disease of the mind a calamity of the skies, symbolically speaking, the place of the gods, the place of the archetypes and the thoughts. Um, that, uh, it strikes me that, uh, yeah, he's like trying to live out a fantasy, whereas Interesting. Um, what Cloud is being led towards is reality, even though it's going to be very painful. It's like Sephiroth is trying to deny the pain of reality through this sort of bombastic um, like heaven rhetoric speaking go to the promised land go to the place without pain well that seems to be like the primary tyrannical fantasy right let's create the super perfect state where there can be no pain and then we'll define mm. pain out of existence and well yeah i just want to pause there just because i feel like I, I threw a lot out there all at once
1: yeah yeah no it's it's super it's super problematic to think of sephiroth as the one playing out the fantasy because then I, I immediately reflect on myself, you know, playing the game because it's Final Fantasy, right? It's like there's, there's definitely an element of that when you, when you take time and attention and, and put them into the g- game, there's always um, like being a Peter Pan, right? Being caught up in the, in the thing that you should have left behind and I think it all has to do with like what kind of attention you put into it, right? Like what is the what is the end? Is it the is it just like pleasure and like fantasy, or is it um trying to understand some kind of deeper theme or or purpose, which I think is I think is there. Like I think the game does support um a deeper reading. Uh I do think at times like we probably strain it, but that's, you know, that's part of the fun as well. Like there, there's something there and, um, and the way that you can get at it, I think is just by, uh, just by exploring it and just by like not being, um, scared off by that, by that weird, uh, um, will-o'-the-wisp, right? Sort of feeling. Um, I, I guess, with the materia keeper here in a way um that reminded me of the very first boss battle also uh and so it's like there's an element of sort of like throughout nibelheim um you're you're obviously like revisiting your past and i think the player in a way is revisiting their past too because you're um you're fighting uh, a creature that's that sort of resembles that very first boss battle and you're in a place that's a reactor once more right um and f- so for all that it's uh for all the, this this uh this journey you've been on you're sort of like retracing and obviously like for us playing the game again everything is it has in that element of retracing and so it's a matter of kind of like coming to grips with that that seems to be part of the challenge of this this whole project
0: yeah, and just to support your point of the game, sort of not only playing with you, but also suggesting that it itself is a waste of time. There's that one creature from Random Boss Battles that sort of stares you down in order to freeze you. It's
1: Oh, like, man, that's, that's so annoying. Scared. Yeah.
0: It's so annoying and so creepy, too. And those things move in such a weird dance-like way, like they're hypnotizing you. <sighs> and they yeah. remind me... Also, of the, maybe a very similar, they're very similar to me to the Dementors, yeah. like Harry Potter that kind of absorb the good things from you. Uh, happy emotion though, rather than time, or uh, HP, but maybe HP. Um, these creatures sort of are vampires on you in that way, but that, just to kind of jump back really quickly, did you run into that nasty opponent in the Shinra mansion called Yin Yang?
1: yeah yeah that
0: oh my goodness what an annoying fight every time i hit him he would take 20 seconds of my time leaning back
1: exactly exactly
0: coming forward he was horrifying for that reason i mean uh i finally saw just going back through the mansion one more time today because i was behind you know how many of the creatures there are are representatives of time or ghosts from the past the pumpkin ghosts there's yeah. a pendulum there's the guy on the blade pendulum uh, like that place is an image of like the repressed contents of your unconscious or like <laughs> your repressed memories that yeah. it is only a matter of time before they gush up through you I mean I just thought they they nailed it in that Shinra mansion the fact that when uh, Vincent wakes up he says your nightmare has only begun and cloud agrees to that it's like yes Mm -hmm, yes mm -hmm. that is the new feeling because the closer you come to the truth you're like Oedipus at this point the closer Mm -hmm. you're coming to something that's going to be terrible and so perhaps we can get Aristotelian on this and Aristotle says that Oedipus is a a superior play of the best sort because the turn of fate and these are two aspects of tragedy happens at the same time as the big reveal.
1: Nice, yeah.
0: And so the big, the big reveal and recognition scene also results in or reveals the turn of fate of Oedipus from great superhero king, uh, best of men, <coughs> to absolute worst and lowest of men, full of crimes, not mm-hmm. virtuous at all, unworthy of sight and being sighted, uh, the opposite of a hero the great anti-hero who brings about his own doom through his own cunning. Yeah. Like the anti-Odysseus. Um, and that's you <laughs> right now as Cloud. With exactly. clouded eyes.
1: Now, in that respect, it's good that the nightmare is just beginning, right? If this was the end of the game, it would be really unsatisfying. Yeah, it'd be like uh, a Silent Hill. It'd be a heck of a tragedy. But, but I think even even the Oedipus, uh, story doesn't end there, right? It's, that's one of the plays of this cycle. Right. And there's a, there's a kind of transcendence that comes about, uh, by, by the end of the cycle. Uh, I don't remember that much of, of Oedipus at colonists, but I remember it being like really, really awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think, yeah, like the, um, and I think that that's, that's sort of the way that this, the game is structured as well, right? Like you have these kind of self-contained, episodes each of which has a bit of a trajectory to it but taken together they um certainly can be read as representing your um you the player you the character whatever your ability to sort of like play a bigger game right and and um learn from all these episodes take things from them uh metaphorically and literally in the course of the game uh and and grow right and like develop these relationships, which are, which are transcendent, ultimately, or at least that seems to be a possibility.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting because it is through encountering the imminent problems and sufferings of life that one, attempt, that one attains a real transcendent relationship, perhaps one in embodying the path of the hero amongst others, is thus in the promised land or in sort of that state of Aristotelian inergeia, or, mm-hmm. or that sort of effortless uh, uh, state the the Buddhists or the Taoists talk about of, of just motion without consciousness or, or, you know, the opposite of what happens when man falls, he has to work. It's, it's as if you are living the best life can possibly be by facing your suffering with others and not uh, settling for delusion in the way that Sephiroth does. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying
1: something. No. Yeah. I just, I, I definitely agree that there's a kind of, um an alternative or another angle on that fundamental um fall redemption theme that that is going on here, and i think I think if Vince were here, he would probably be able to say more about the Buddhist side of things to that but um but yeah the taoist like action without action or the sage or whatever um that does seem to be a a a kind of uh this, this game seems to be a kind of picture of that in, in a way. Um, because yeah, you're so, you're so um, like free in a way uh, from, from restraints, and the way that you can get there is, is by going through them. Uh, you're free of them by the end of the game, like you're the strongest thing around, but you only get there by, by passing through those trials.
0: Yeah, and it's just, uh, it's interesting, there's, a, there's an ethereal element to you that I think makes a game like this perfect to being young. Because yeah. though you can die, you don't have to deal with your everyday needs, really. Uh, you're, not, you're not eating, you're not, you do sleep for health, but, you know, it doesn't take much time.
1: For right. You.
0: And um, you, you don't really have to suffer the time that it takes, really, to grow. Uh, that sort of happens. It's sorry, i'm sort of I'm sort of losing it. if you want to finish the thought. It's just uh, if you, if you've grasped it, but um
1: well, yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying that it this game really dramatizes it in a fun and dynamic way. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's it's a very difficult thing to. Um, try to capture exactly, like for me at least, exactly how this portrayal uh, embodies elements of a Judeo-Christian story, and yet also seems to um, appeal to, on the one hand, like pagan virtues, like those talked about in Greek drama, or on the other hand, like more traditional Eastern stories, uh, whether Buddhist, Taoist, what have you. There's so much. I think this game. I think that's part of what makes it so rich, right? There's so much that you can sort of reach through playing this, um, reach by way of playing this game. Explicitly reference a lot of it, but some of it it does, right? Like that that weird character that um, takes so long to like let you attack down in the basement of the Schindler Mansion. I think it's called Yang. Yen right?
0: Yang, right? It's like I think it's, it's called Yang Yang.
1: Yang. What is that about like that's just a weird gratuitous uh reference to this this whole world of like um metaphysics <laughs> and and uh yeah so the the game just it opens up all these extended um ruminations i i suppose, and I think it's it's really worth exploring them um you know we we can only do so much <laughs> uh as we're playing through it, but I think we're at least like highlighting and touching upon um, some of these things that are that are definitely there.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it's no accident that we hit a mountain where we can get some serious mm-hmm. reflection time. It's a long map. Getting yeah. Through that, after going through Nibble, we have a good long time to think about what we've just learned. And, um, yeah. well, you know, I, I think you're right. And then, then we come to, finally, after defeating Materia Keeper, uh, the rocket launch space area, um,
1: <laughs>
0: um, where you know, again, we'll see somebody pursuing either delusions or dreams. Um, yes, and you know, yeah, and Vincent wakes up from a nightmare, though. Is he waking up to the nightmare? Or is he waking up from the nightmare? Because it seems like he mm-hmm. doesn't give me peace wherever he goes. He's a, He's a weird, elegant sort of creature,
1: yes. Yes, our our Vincent uh, Valentine and our Sid Highwind. He's I guess the last character, unless you haven't got Yuffie yet. He's the last character to join the party. So I need to we'll... go get
0: her with Big Guard and Beta. I'm gonna take a little mm. shopping trip with Enemy Skill.
1: You 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 might be better waiting just until you get the high or not the Highwind. You don't get it yet, but the uh, the tiny Bronco. That's why. So yeah. Get. You can sort of paddle around and get to places a lot easier. Um, yeah, yeah, it's worth it's worth making that, that detour. But yeah, so for next time, we'll talk about Rocket Town and Sid and his his whole <laughs> absurd um, uh, past.
0: Yeah, and he'll join our, our cadre of, of um, woebegone Heroes or, or Ne'er-Do-Well, not Ne'er-Do-Well, heroes but um who Who'd would have yeah. heroes yeah. yeah do you have the term i'm missing it it's like i can't miss, miss it term. Misfit. that's right yeah it. it really is a misfit bunch like the island of misfit toys they're they're all missing something they're it's yeah. something, something crucial too and i mean it's amazing to what extent we're willing to forgive them like barrett is a terrorist right
1: oh, who like, kind of
0: who like helps to kill his best friend who does ultimately commit suicide by so like, you know, and you're kind of a terrorist too, so much so that you won't even recognize it. Or mm-hmm. or maybe something else. I don't know. But it's like you know, Barrett has is responsible for many deaths, and yet he's yeah. just my party member right now.
1: Well yeah. I mean one man's a terrorist, right? It's and and it's like all of that stuff is in a way, um, you, you get through certain parts of the story and, and yeah, you sort of just like move on um, and accept them. And that's, that comes so naturally to you as, as the player of the game. Um, but it's only kind of later as you think about it all, like the, the gravity of it uh, comes home. It's- yeah,
0: I think that's sort of what the music's trying to convey to us, that whereas we bear like sort of that nervousness uh, and unease of trying to get them through these these enemy battles where we're responsible for that active element they're responsible for sort of bearing the emotional cost because like in the 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 world itself that they are in like they're obviously not monsters around every corner that they have to fight randomly these mm-hmm. i think are like sort of like the traumas from the past that they have to integrate into themselves to become more psychologically fit or adapted to reality that are hitting them in the everyday, sort of like they hit us in the everyday, right? The things we yeah. need to face that are part of our everyday that bring up issues from the past that we haven't fixed, that we, they get worse when we refuse to look at them, but we have to fight them and we have to fight through them in order to you know, get to the next place in our life. Get to I, the next point of the narrative.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, if you were writing this as a story, you wouldn't include on every page, like, then they fought another green dragon. <laughs> <laughs> that would, like, be a really boring story. But, yeah, somehow through the medium of the game, I, I, I agree that that's sort of the, um, that's the uh, implied sense of what's going on. Uh, story-wise here.
0: I mean, just the fact that they... I mean, the the enemies, I was just realizing that it it really does do a lot to analyze what enemies you're running to on the map. And, like, the fact that you run into, like, uh, sort of vampiric or ghost-like ones down in uh, Shenra, just like you run into, like, an absorbing one that absorbs like what you are, just like the game is absorbing your time in uh, Nibble is, is very... It's very interesting, I think, telling about what's going on there, or what what the idea is supposed to be, and then, like you're getting yeah. absorbed in your thoughts. It's hurting. Yeah, go on.
1: No, no, just agreeing. Like the <coughs> the meanings, though, are, are sort of metaphorical and not not simply uh, not simply on the literal level at this point. Yeah. All, All right.
0: right. Well, another. Another avenue trespassed down, another <laughs> another side quest for save point reached.
1: There we go. Yes. All right. I'm looking forward to um, getting the the <laughs> the fight with Palmer is just hilarious, and Sid's whole story, oh, is is moving in a way, but just I, I find it pretty silly, frankly. So I'm I'm looking forward to kind of dissecting that next time.
0: Okay. I can't wait. I can't wait. To infinity and beyond.
1: (laughs) Yeah. all (laughs) All right. Take it easy. You too.